When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Good morning and welcome to the Liverpool.com podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm James Martin and I'm joined today by Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison. Matt, have you uh, sort of fully got your head around what happened on Sunday yet? Yeah, it was uh, an enjoyable day, wasn't it? I know you were, were there as well. Um, you were, were in the Liverpool end, obviously. I'm sure that was a slightly different experience to obviously me being there as, as media covering it for us. And it was, um, it was, it, it was. I think bizarre is, is probably the right word for it. It was, it was such a such an unusual win for Liverpool. The, the circumstances, obviously, in which that um, it, it all unfolded was was amazing for. You know, a number of, of those young players that we're going to come on to and, and discuss, the, the fact that Jurgen Klopp was bold enough and, and brave enough to go for it. I think, you know, he's, he's probably the only manager of, of a club like Liverpool that I can think of that would would have dared to, to do that. And it was, um, yeah, it, it was just an amazing, amazing cup final, really. The, the circumstances around it, I think, have been framed um, by certain people, Gary Neville included, as, as kind of a, a negative towards Chelsea. But I think... It shouldn't be forgotten just how much of a, a positive it was from a Liverpool perspective. Obviously, we hope that uh, Liverpool can go on and, and do more this season and win more trophies. But, I mean, yeah, you, you wouldn't bet against it. And I think even beyond Jurgen Klopp, as we're going to come to, there's there's clearly a squad there which is set up now to, to go on and, and win more stuff in the future. And as we've written about, it's uh, an amazing cup final to reflect on. But it's also, I think, a, a message really of that. It's... It's a big opportunity for, for Liverpool this season, but certainly beyond that as well, even without Jurgen Klopp. It's it's not like this squad is, is suddenly not going to be there anymore or it's the end of an era. It very much feels like the end of one, obviously, but also the, the, the start of another. Yeah, it feels almost perfect in a way, doesn't it, that Klopp has, has stuck around for the beginning of Liverpool 2.0. You feel like if he'd, if he'd left a little bit before some of these players had really kind of established themselves we would be going into into the new season with even more uncertainty. But to have this kind of almost handover year, if you like, even though we don't know who he's going to be handing over to just yet, but where he's, he's been even more committed than usual to kind of blooding this young talent and really sort of, it feels like he's very much aware of, of what he's leaving behind, which is which is what we're going to be talking about today. And um, yeah, I think you're right as well to say, I, I don't know if I'd say bizarre necessarily, but certainly kind of unique in terms of what happened with, the kids that came on and then, like you say, sort of being in with Liverpool fans, I have to talk about that kind of LA, LA, LA in, in extra time. That It's not something really I'd experienced before in English football. It almost felt more akin to kind of what you what you feel like at European games where it just, there's no relation to what's happening on the pitch almost. It's just sustained noise for, you know, a good stretch. It went on for a good five minutes and it was just that sort of, that sort of symbiotic relationship with the players and the fans. It felt like the fans needed a lift. It felt like the fans knew the players would need a lift. Just and and you could see sort of the difference it made. Sort of from the kind of the end of normal time to to that part of extra time was huge. And and that's credit to to Klopp, of course, because 
I've seen a lot of people say, I don't think many managers would have turned to the, to the kids in the way he did, but my goodness, did they rise to the occasion? I mean, we'll, we'll talk about them all individually, but we'll start with, um, with the one he started with, I suppose, Connor Bradley. So it, it wasn't one of the, the late substitutes, but another big call really to start with him, wasn't it? When Robertson and Gomez were both available. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a, a decision. I know a lot of people would have, have looked at the Chelsea game from a few weeks ago and what was it, a goal and, and two assists in, in that one. I think I'm right in saying it, it was, you know, a, a pretty pretty good audition for him in terms of that. But I think it, it was still it was still a bold call. He's obviously been out of, of the team for uh, a couple of different reasons and he's then come back in and, 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 and carried on where he left off, really. But I think... The, the fact that it was such a big occasion. I, I think we'd probably be talking about this actually as, as being a big call if it wasn't for some of the, the younger ones and the even more inexperienced players who came afterwards. It, it almost feels like him and, and Gerald Kwanzaa are veterans of, of this team really because you know they've played... I don't know, maybe maybe twenty games for, for Liverpool or something like that. It it's still you know it, it's still a, I think a big call to have, have put him in um, the, the easier decision and, and maybe even the decision that I might have made to be honest is is to put Joe Gomez in because Gomez has, has been so good. It, it's not like he hasn't had a good season. He's been in the the best form that we've seen him for a long time, playing on both sides of the pitch as well. So the, there was no there was no wrong way to go with it. But I think. You know, Conor Bradley is is somebody that has genuinely opened up that conversation at right back. Obviously, Trent is is number one, but I think I'm now more open to a conversation about him maybe playing in midfield than I ever have been because they've got that genuine option to to come in and, and play full back. So, yeah, another another um, amazing story really in terms of of the performance that he puts in. He's played at Wembley before. He played there for for Bolton and, and won. Um, so it wasn't his first occasion, um, but still, to, to be that age, to be twenty years of age. I mean, even Harvey Elliott's only twenty, isn't he? You know, even someone like that comes into this. Obviously, he's played a lot more football, but um, yeah, it, it was a really, really good performance from him. And obviously, not really in his, his best position. Obviously, the. the the starting position was right back that quickly changed and he ends up playing on the right wing where I think he did did pretty well. Um, again, another sort of makeshift element of, of the Liverpool team. But I think there's, there's almost an understanding with a, a number of these players that they can play, you know, so many different positions they've played within this system. They know um, that the way that Liverpool play all the way through the youth teams, it's not like a, a complete shock to, to, to Conor Bradley, what he has to do in that position. Obviously, he's not going to play it in the same way that Salah would or, or even the same way that Harvey Elliott might have done on the right-hand side. But it's still, you know, a, a tricky one to be thrown in against Chelsea. You know, the, you've got to give a mention to the uh, the little squaring up with Ben Chilwell. I, I think all, all of these little things, all of these little elements, they, um, they just paint a picture, really, of, of a team which, no matter the age or the experience, they're all... Completely, uh, completely confident and assured, and they know exactly the job that they need to do. And I think that's the the big thing that Liverpool need to keep with. Um, you know, when Jurgen Klopp leaves, they've obviously had now a period where all the way through the academy teams, all the way up to the first team, they know exactly how they want to play. There's that continuity all the way through the the age groups. I think that's something that Liverpool need to to continue doing because I think we saw in this game, you know, just the, the benefits of that. You can just throw players in and. Okay, it's still a big occasion. It's still a big ask, but they still do know exactly what they should be doing, where they should be, and where each of those other players around them are going to be as well. Which 
I think can't really be underestimated in terms of um, the, the sort of cohesion, especially, of course, when you compare it to Chelsea, who've spent all that money, got all of those young talents as well, but just look a complete mess. When you look at Liverpool, it just looks like all of those bits have been managed to sort of come together and they are, you know, a real, genuine, proper team. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The average age discussion has been a bit farcical really, hasn't it? When you sort of compare, okay, Chelsea have youngsters on the pitch but they're youngsters who they've paid sort of 50 60 70 million pounds for and Liverpool are bringing on you know Jaden Dans with with one appearance to his name and and McConnell and Bradley and all of these players it's just it's apples and oranges really so I think I think it's very disingenuous to sort of be comparing the average ages and then drawing some sort of comparison um yeah it was funny with Bradley I think after the game he referred to to how the young lads had got on talking about the late subs, uh, which yeah, it was a, it was a funny moment, but I also thought it was a good moment. I really liked it because I think it's sort of it's testament to his mindset now and how he does kind of view himself as a part of the first team. I mean, it is under no illusions, of course, that Trent Alexander-Arnold is a hard player to displace when he comes back. But yeah, it's a great mentality, and I think, like you say, it is testament to to how the players know that the pathway is there, uh, and that's credit to to the system, you know, Klopp takes credit for it. He's, he's always been willing to give young players a chance. Vita Matos is worth mentioning. He's leaving as well. And I think he'll also probably be a big myth as the sort of pathways manager, like that that kind of link between the academy and the first team. It's very important who comes in next, that that link isn't lost. Um, and yeah, like you said, we saw it in, in sort of full force, if you like, in the final, that kind of, that way of playing as well, that the clock way of playing has been ingrained at all levels. So I, if we come to Dan's next, for example, I think, you know, he brought on, he was able to bring on this kind of ready-made clock striker, if you like, because he's just been steeped in that way of playing all the way through the age groups. And yeah, he didn't look out of place at all, did he? No. And I mean, he's, he's obviously a, an extreme example in terms of this. He only made his under 21s debut in December. So he's been an under 18s regular up until that point. He's only been in first team training for a few weeks, but I know Jurgen Klopp said as soon as he stepped up, he could just see, you know, how good a player he was. And I think it, it it's just a testament really to the sort of similarities really between the, the way that, that these players play for the youth teams and then they can step up and, and do that. Again, it, it's a, it's a confidence thing, isn't it, really? I mean, we've seen Jaden Dans was taking the ball on the half turn. He was dribbling. He was running at people. He was beating people in the box and getting shots away. He wasn't the only one as we'll come to. There was, was others who were doing that as well, but it would have been easy for him to just sort of do a, a different job to what he would normally do. It would have been easy to sort of stand up there, try and be a target man, give the ball to other players who are maybe slightly more senior, but Obviously, he didn't do that, took on that responsibility, played his usual game. He's scored 21 times this season. He knows where the back of, of the net is. And I think he's 
he's just a, a real talent. I saw John Barnes has been speaking about him, and um, I know he, he will know uh, some of the coaches, and I think he, he knows his dad and, and things like that. And he said, you know, he, that there's been comparisons to Roberto Firmino, which might be a little bit um, over the top at, at this point. You know, we don't want to put ridiculous pressure on him, but obviously John Barnes has has gone there and, and said that. But I mean, it's it, it's it's just a another example really of, of a player that a lot of people I know Gary Neville was was on commentary he said after the game he, he'd never heard of, of some of these players I think Jaden Dans might have been one that he was was referring to I'm sure there was was lots of people in the Liverpool end who, who certainly hadn't heard of these players but you know as soon as they step up you can tell that they're ready and as much as it was a bold call from Jurgen Klopp to go for that and um take off Cody Gakpo and Alexis McAllister as well. It wasn't like you were replacing youth with youth. It was taking off that experience to bring these players on. I think he wouldn't have done that if he didn't think that they were ready. And I think that that says a lot really about Jaden Dans and, and all of these players. They weren't being thrown on, you know, out of, of desperation or, or necessity. It was it was because they felt that they were ready and, and able to step up and you know, quite clearly, in the few weeks that, that Jaden has been in first team training for Liverpool, he's, he's obviously put in you know, quite the impression. Yeah, that was the thing. I, I don't think anyone really thought when the changes were made that it was Klopp sort of throwing in the towel and saying, right, well, we'll save some players for Wednesday or what have you. It, it genuinely seemed like, given the bench he had, he felt like these changes were the best thing at that moment in time to try and go on and win the game. And yeah, it's uh, it's testament to the young players, but testament to the manager as well. I don't think we can sort of say that enough. I, I really don't think another manager would have done similar. I mean, you look at maybe Pep Guardiola. He he, he sometimes goes to, to his sort of favoured youngsters. I mean, the Oscar Bob had his moment earlier in, in the league, didn't he, with that late winner? But it's rare. It's very rare at the top level to see a manager at such a pivotal time in a game like this just to the academy lads, like you say, someone who's been with the under-18s until so recently and say, right, go on, show us what you can do and go and win this game for us. And paid off handsomely. But yeah, it certainly couldn't have happened if the youngsters in question were not supremely talented. We've, we've talked about Dan's and uh, let's go from one sort of son of a, of a former Premier League player to another. Bobby Clark, I thought he was exceptional. Maybe even the, the pick of the bunch in terms of the, the young players who came on. I thought he was just superb in possession out of possession just a, a phenomenal performance beyond his years wasn't it yeah he's he, he is he is a standout for sure um i think we've seen that for the under 21s for the last year or so he's he's clearly a level above i think there was i think it was a goal against chelsea a few months ago where he, he beats a couple of players and he almost replicated that when he, he wins the corner that the goal eventually comes from he, he sort of drops that shoulder tries to bend one and, and it gets blocked on this occasion but he's another one really that just takes on that responsibility there's you know obviously less experienced players around him somehow uh, but also a lot of, of more senior players as well and you know he was was one really that, that took the ball under pressure he was taking the ball off the center backs he was dribbling past people he was doing step overs at, at certain points and you know I've, I've watched the, the highlights back and I think it, it's Peter Drury on commentary in, in the UK and you can hear the, the sort of um the, the surprise, really, at just how um, how at ease these players are, the the, the touch on it. I, I love that move that he's got. It, it, I think every every good player has a kind of typical thing that you can imagine them doing. And I think with Bobby Clark, it's almost a bit like a, 
a Ryan Gravenberg type thing. We've seen him do it where he takes the ball on that back foot where he's already on the half turn and he's able to, to kind of drift past players like that. It's it, it's almost a bit Adam Lallana-like, I think, in, in some ways in terms of, of that midfield. He's, he's very, very intelligent, um, really, really technically gifted, knows exactly where he should be and... There was, you know, a lot of, of interest in him in the January window. Obviously, Liverpool decided that they couldn't afford to to let him go out and, and get that experience. And you know, how important has that decision proven to be? He he could have quite easily gone to, you know, a top end championship or, or maybe even a lower end Premier League team. But I, I can see him making a lot of appearances between now and the end of the season. It, it won't necessarily be starts. I'm pretty sure he will start on on Wednesday against Southampton. But you know, he could. He could quite easily be coming off the bench for Liverpool in the next few weeks for you know Premier League games, for the Europa League coming up. There's going to be loads of, of opportunities for him because I think he's one of those that is probably very close to a Kwanzaa and, and Bradley level of uh, you know being able to, to come in and, and make an impact now. I think Jaden Dans and you know, James McConnell, that, that those kind of players are, are maybe a little bit less experienced and a little bit you know, still needing a, a little bit more development as as good as they were. For me, Bobby Clark looks like he's he looks like he's nailed on to become, you know, a squad option for the rest of, of this season and beyond for Liverpool. He just he was so, so impressive and that's what we see from him when you watch him at the Academy. That's the exact performance that he'll put in. But obviously to to go from the back pitch at Kirby to, to doing it at Wembley is is, is quite a, a jump up and he just did that absolutely seamlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll come on to James McConnell, who you mentioned in a second. But I think as well, with Clark, you mentioned sort of where he where he was playing and where he might get opportunities in the first team. But the exciting thing is he, he can play in a lot of different positions. And, and you look at sort of the post-Klopp era that's coming up, and you can say the same about a lot of these young players. They don't have these kind of fixed roles just yet. Obviously, Klopp has, has the places where he prefers to use them. But what he's leaving behind is... It's not just a hugely talented team for a successor, but a hugely mouldable team as well. And you feel like someone like a Bobby Clark could, could be one of those who could play in a number 10 role, which Klopp hasn't really utilised. There's, there's a few players in the squad who you could say the same about, to be fair, with, with Harvey Elliott, with Fabio Carvalho, if he if he sticks around, um, doesn't go out on another loan. But there's a few who sort of like those pockets, at, or they can play wide, they can play... I mean, Clark, I think, started as a striker he only fairly recently moved since moving to Liverpool he's sort of been moving back deeper into that midfield role so there's there's options there and, and I think you know it, it's going to be that there's no escaping the uh, the sort of upheaval when Klopp leaves and the that sort of emotion attached to it but it but it's also brings with it that kind of excitement that we don't really know what's coming yet but this kind of next generation can be used in a lot of different ways can't they yeah I think you know someone like Bobby Clark you've you've got to see it as an opportunity really I mean Obviously, he would have got that opportunity if Jurgen Klopp had stayed, but it's an opportunity to learn from somebody different. It's an opportunity, really, to, to make yourself a bit of a, a regular, really, in this Liverpool team. When you think of the amount of changes that there could be um, across the summer, I think it makes more sense for Liverpool to not do loads of business in the transfer market, maybe keep it broadly the same in terms of the playing staff, considering they're all going to have to get used to you know, a different manager and a different coach and all of that sort of side of, of things. As you mentioned, you know, finding a replacement for, for Vito Matos is, is absolutely vital. But you know, there's, there's going to be so many changes in terms of, of the personnel of the coaching team. I think it makes a lot of sense to, to keep this group of players together because there's no obvious weaknesses. There's no, there's no obvious holes in the team. OK, 
okay, they, they probably need a, another defender. They might need, you know, another midfielder. But for me, you've got to look at Bobby Clark and think, well, if he can put together a bit of a run between now and the end of, of this season, it doesn't have to be that you know next say, next season he's the first name on the team sheet or you know, when all of these players are back from injury, he's clearly not going to play every single minute for Liverpool. But he's quite clearly at a, a level really where I think it makes sense for, for him to be in that discussion really when the, the new manager comes in in the summer. He can see Bobby Clark, you know, maybe one or two of the others as, as real genuine options. And I think... As I say, that that makes the most sense in terms of continuity. If you can keep Bobby Clark as as your sort of rotation option in that midfield, I think that probably makes more sense than than going out and trying to make changes in the transfer market because Liverpool have have got these players already in the building. They know how to play. They know all of their teammates. They know how all of the the things work for Liverpool. I think it's it's probably not a bad summer if you're one of these youngsters trying to make it at Liverpool. It's not the worst time, I don't think, to, to come in and, and say, well, look, I'm, I'm already here. Whoever the new manager comes in, they're going to be less experienced in terms of what it means to, to be at Liverpool than Bobby Clark. OK, Xabi Alonso's been here before, but we're not in that kind of capacity. So I think there's there's definitely an opportunity there for, for all of these guys. But, you know, Kwanzaa... Uh, Bradley and Bobby Clark, they, they just look nailed on to me to be part of, of the team for, for the next few years now. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Exciting times in that respect. Uh, and James McConnell is another one we need to mention. He he was excellent. And I think I think what really made him stand out even more was was just the contrast with with the team that he was coming up against. You look at Chelsea, and it, it's just impossible to to make that jump when you see you've got Moises Caicedo in there. Of course, after the the transfer saga in the summer, you've got Enzo Fernandez. I mean, those two, the current and previous holders of the British transfer records, and yeah, I mean, it, it's not really an exaggeration to say they were played off the park by James McConnell, is it? I mean, obviously they they had the minutes in their legs, and McConnell was coming on fresh, but. Yeah, he had, he had more touches than, than them from the from the time he came on. He created more chances, and yeah, I think as well, what impressed me was his decision making. You know, it, it was very sensible. You know, it, he created those chances, so he wasn't doing nothing with the ball. He wasn't just shuttling it sideways, but he wasn't looking for the passes that weren't there either. And yeah, I think the feeling in the ground as that sort of normal time drew to a close was like this has got far too chaotic now. If, if there's another. 30 minutes that plays out in a similar way, similarly open, it's hard to see Liverpool getting this because, you know, it was Chelsea who was having the majority of the pressure. Liverpool had maybe lost some of that energy to even hit on the break too much. It was it was nervy. We needed a bit more control. And, and yet, yeah, you know, you look at McConnell on paper and you think, is this, is this academy kid the one who can sort of reassert control of the midfield against these names of Chelsea? Uh, and it turns out he absolutely was. Yeah, he was was excellent, wasn't he? So composed and and good on the ball. It, it's no surprise that he can pass. He, you know, he's been able to to do very very similar things for for Liverpool at academy level. But he's not played that much as as a holding midfielder, as as the deepest player. He tends to play a bit more box to box, a little bit further forward, almost a little, little bit like Tyler Morton. I thought he, he kind of reminded me of of him a little bit, really. Very very classy on the ball, and and Liverpool have have moved him back into that number six role and. You know, maybe that was was out of, of necessity or out of kind of that was the best route really into the Liverpool team. Obviously, you mentioned Caicedo, and I think Endo has has been a lot better than than what 
people maybe thought might have been the case when he came in. So maybe there was a bit of a conversation about where the, the obvious place would be for James McConnell to get minutes. Number six seems like the, the obvious place, but we shouldn't forget that he's playing, you know, a new position almost. It's it's not completely different, is it? Playing in the, the holding midfield compared to, to slightly further forward. He's still got the same attributes and the same skill set, but you know, the, the tackles that he was putting in, the, the timing of, of those, the intelligent positions really of, of, of knowing where to be he, he just seems like a, a bit of a natural really in that number six position it, it's not something that he's done loads before but he seems to, to be able to, to do that really nicely so yeah another option he's probably another one that we'll see a lot of against Southampton um, but it's it's getting to the point really where you think how how many how many young players can you throw in um, against Southampton and it, it won't look you know completely like an academy team but I think he is He's one. If your midfield was McConnell, Clark, and, and one more Alexis McAllister, maybe or whoever it might be, I think I think that should be more than enough to, to get the better of, of a team which probably is going to rotate as well. I know Southampton's biggest priority this season isn't isn't the FA Cup, so it, it's a massive opportunity for Liverpool. We don't quite know what the team is going to look like. We'll obviously hear an injury update in a couple of hours from from Jurgen Klopp in his press conference, but. I think James McConnell is, is another one, really, that's got to be looking at this situation and thinking there's there's a real opportunity for him. We've seen him now impress at Anfield and, and at Wembley. It's obviously, you know, a, a challenge to do that consistently for Liverpool at, at senior level over the next few months. But I think he's one that we'll, we'll see a lot more of as well, particularly at the moment when you've got so many injury concerns. But I think he's he's definitely got talent and an ability level to, to make a, a real impact. He's... He, he surprised me with how good he's been. Um, Bobby Clark, it, it was less of a surprise. I think we, we knew really how good he could be and, and how high his ceiling was from you know, when he came in from Newcastle about, what was it, two and a half years ago, something like that. He's he's come in with a, a huge reputation. I think James McConnell has, has been at Liverpool a little bit longer. Um, he's he slowly started to, to make a bit more of a, a name for himself. Um, but yeah, he was, was so, so good and, and so composed and, and calm and yeah, if you can get the better of, of Caicedo and, and Enzo Fernandez, then you can definitely do it against most of, of the Premier League teams. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a, a big opportunity, I think, for, for him over the next few months. Yeah, I think you're right about Southampton. He seems like a bit of a shoe in there. There was a tweet, wasn't there? I don't know if you saw it, with a picture of Virgil van Dijk running out with the mascots, saying like, this This will be the team for Southampton. I, th- I think the, the, the least accurate part about that was van Dijk. I'm pretty sure he won't be playing against Southampton. Uh, but... Yeah, it'll definitely be a young-looking side, but I mean, who's gonna who's gonna count them out after seeing what the youngsters could do against Chelsea? You know, I mean, it was yeah, it's truly, truly exciting times. And just before we finish, there's a few youngsters to mention who who are in, sort of you know on the scene a little bit, but didn't feature here. You mentioned Tyler Morton out on loan; he's doing well, he's doing very well. So you wonder what happens when he sort of comes back. It kind of slots into a a similar category to someone like a McConnell and, and still not old either. He's actually, I think, a month or two younger than Fabio Carvalho, who, who certainly no one's writing off yet, both both at Hull at the minute. So that'll be an interesting one. You talk about the number six role and whether maybe that's one where there's still half a thought that there could be a transfer there. But alongside McConnell, alongside Moulton, you look at Stefan Bicetic, who was such a kind of revelation last year. He was... You know, joining the celebrations at Wembley, which was nice. I think he was in that picture, which which Trent posted with the with the homegrown caption. Uh, and yeah, I mean, he he ousted Fabinho last season, obviously uh, a sort of below his best Fabinho, but 
he came into the team and was was just incredible. I think Salah said he, he'd been the best the best player in the team since he came into the moment he got injured. So praise doesn't get much higher than that. So yeah, I mean it's not just the the Wembley youngsters, is it? Yeah, and a, a couple that were on the bench as well. I mean, Trey Naomi has, has only not long come in. I think he, he was signed in the summer. Really, really highly rated, really good footballer. Um, you know, a, a regular for, for Liverpool at, at youth level, well above his his years. I think he's still only 16. It would have been a surprise for, for him to have come on, I think, because of, of his age. He's probably one that you'd see probably more off the bench midweek against Southampton than, than maybe starting just because he is so inexperienced. But I mean, let's not write anything off after the weekend. You can you can maybe not quite predict exactly what Jurgen Klopp's thinking. But, you know, Lewis Kumas as well, he was on the bench. I don't think Kate Gordon was on the bench at all, which was a little bit of a surprise. I don't know whether there's maybe a little bit of an injury issue with him, but he's another one that, you know, is, is so talented and, and clearly is ready to, to be there. And, and Ben Doak as well is, is out at the moment with a knee injury. So, I mean, between all of these academy players, we've probably got probably most of a team. It, it might be it might be slightly top heavy, probably lacking a little bit more in in the defensive areas and the goalkeeper. But you know, the, there's so many players there on that list. We've we've got into double figures there of, of players that you think have got a genuine chance at, at Liverpool moving forwards. All of those players, you know, Bobby Clark probably is is nailed on in my opinion to to go on and, and make a lot of appearances for Liverpool. But you know, all the way through all the way through the last sort of half an hour or so that we've been talking through these players, there's there's clearly, you know, a huge amount of talent for Liverpool to, to dip into. And you know, not all of them will go on and make 100 appearances for Liverpool. But, you know, at, at the very least, you'd look at, you know, a, a Premier League career for, for lots of, of these players. They've, they've clearly shown a level above where you'd expect anybody to be. And it, it does really feel like at the moment, Liverpool have got that perfect conveyor belt of, of talent coming through as soon as, you know, one person, you know, comes in, you know, Bradley and Kwanzaa at, at one end of the conveyor belt, Naomi at the other, plenty more in between. It, it just really feels at the moment like they've got into a really good rhythm and they're getting chances crucially as well. So, yeah, really, really exciting times. And I think, you know, Jürgen Klopp said afterwards that this was the most special trophy that he's ever won. I can understand why he said that. And I think that's that's definitely, definitely, you know, a, a good case for that being being true, but it, it just makes you more excited, I think, for, for what comes next. And, you know, in terms of, of a pitch to a new manager, who wouldn't want to, to come in and, and take this group of players forward? And, you know, you could see the celebrations at the end, the the fact that you mentioned, you know, the, the picture with Trent on, there must have been, you know, 10 players on there. Trent looked like the the, the dad or, or the coach of, of all of those players. You know, you, you can sort of imagine him still being at, at their age and what he's done for Liverpool, Um yeah, it's it, it's just so exciting. I think to to see to see how many of them there are because you know the, there's there's always going to be a percentage of, of players that are highly rated that that don't quite make it or they end up having to go somewhere else. You think like a Harry Wilson or, or someone like that, but just the the sheer volume of these players. We're, we're talking about ten or fifteen talents who've got a genuine chance. I think a couple of them could be could be really special. Yeah, it's it's hard not to feel like we were looking at part of Klopp's legacy there. I mean, his legacy is safe regardless of what happens once he moves on, you know, it, in his own right. It, he's, he's won so much. He's brought so much joy to so many. It was, that was inescapable at Wembley, that sense of just, I mean, just you look around and you think you've, you've made all of these people this happy. It's just, I mean, you can't imagine what it would be like to be in his shoes, but it does also feel like the next generation that he's brought through is going to be, it's, it's going to, you know, in hindsight, you look back on, on the Klopp era with even more sort of awe, if you like. I mean, I, I think on the last podcast I was on, I made the 
the point that it's hard to resist that kind of Shankly Paisley sort of comparison in the sense that it was Paisley who who had the most trophies. He's you know the most decorated manager in Liverpool history. But you, you look at Bill Shankly as perhaps the biggest ever figure in the club's history because of how he paved the way for that. And yeah, I mean, you don't want to sort of burden the next manager with the kind of pressure of not only following Klopp, but, you know, being that Bob Paisley figure. But, you know, given what Klopp leaves behind, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't rule it out. That, and that that in itself kind of says it all with of what he's leaving behind and what a special job he's done at Liverpool. Um, I think, I don't think we'll find a, a better point to end it on than that. So we'll, we'll leave it there. Thanks everyone for for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who's been following along in the comments as well. We'll be bringing you plenty more content over on liverpool.com throughout the day. We'll have some more stuff on the final. We'll be looking ahead to Southampton as well, so make sure to check that out. Meanwhile, there'll be more content on the Blood Red channel, so tune in there as well. But for now, thanks very much for watching, and we'll see you again soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.